That's weird. Hi, Rob. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. I don't see your picture. I, I'm trying to resolve that right now. I'm not quite sure ah. why that is. The Jeremy. I see the porn star. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of things plugged into my computer. One of which I thought was a webcam. Yeah, I found out the other day that 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 your neck of the woods is like one of the, I mean, other than Los Angeles, is like one of the porn star capitals of the world. Uh, yeah, kink.com's here. Or they very very popular area apparently. They um actually one of the biggest studios bought a um, the old armory in San Francisco. Uh, it was their mm -hmm. studio. It's a huge huge space. Um, looks like they're moving out of that. I don't know what's going to be in there next. This is really weird. It's, it's shut up in the control panel, but it didn't. The little green light's not on. And so I'm randomly unplugging things. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, it's really weird. I mean, you had one job to do. Well, you had like 10 jobs to do. Yeah. I guess it's all going to have to be you guys and, and not me. My audio is good though, right? Audio yeah, you sound good. fine. Do you have the lens cap on? No. Uh, oh. oh, that would have been funny. I'm not, I'm not Rob. Under settings, what's your... Uh... You have the right I don't put the lens cap on. Yeah, it's showing it's showing the camera under settings. I only have one, and it's showing up in the list. So it's like the computer. You don't have your it, camera turned off, do you? That little uh, thing at the top with the camera with the line through it. No. Do you have the right back on? Do you have the right camera selected? Yeah, Jeremy just asked me that. Oh, Is there sorry. A, like a control panel setting for that? There you are. Yep, there he is. What the hell? Alright. I think it's clicked, you. I think he clicked the use the camera button. Yeah. I talk I toggled it again. I'd already toggled it once, so that's weird. It's a new Google feature. Uh lower thirds on. I don't know how to make that go away though. I make it go away by opening the chat. Rob, you know we have chat, right? Yes, I do. Okay, just checking. You never know. Now I have to attempt the always exciting uh, geek off a geek radio. Shoot, how do I how do I get the lower third on again? Oh, the toolbox. All right, now I'm there gonna we go. go check my history. Third. Is that like this? I should just bookmark this thing, right? There's color green. Let's go with stream admin. Oh. oh, Jeremy, you went to green. Green. I'll go yellow. How's that? Oh, stupid, stupid. This is the best hangout on air ever. There it is. Well, we're prepping. It's it's show prep. It's the pre-show that, that all the people don't It's watch. the pre-show. No one said, listen, they're not paying for the pre-show, so they're mm -hmm. just, you know, getting the... We're technically not paying for the pre-show, so... Hold on. Turned off. I just turned off my camera for a second because I got to turn off the uh, autofocus like I do this every time. Before. No, no. The stupid autofocus. 
Life cam open. Open. Jeremy, I think I forgot to put the beers in the spreadsheet last week. Oh, no. I know. I'm terrible. That's okay. Pint of no return. Okay. I did this button and it said success. So. Good enough. I'm assuming it does take a couple of minutes, I think, because last time we realized there was a delay, right? Yep. All right. Yes. So I think we're technically right. ready. Um, do we have the file in our drive somewhere? File? The, the, the audio file. I don't think so. That would be a good idea. Although, how would you play an audio file over the... We do not have it. Oh, well. All right. I'm going to have to rejoin so that my camera will go. There we go. Hmm. I gotta put my lower third back on. I have an idea. We're gonna do a podcast. We're gonna do a podcast as soon as um, that's a good idea. Rob figures out. He... Yep. Yep. I got it. I'm gonna actually try to get the song. There we go. Hold on. Give me. I can type. So, I mean, like, what are we officially telling the public? I noticed that I'm live now, but... So, I'll just share. I mean, what do we officially tell the public? That, that Keith just doesn't like us anymore, or...? I don't think we have to tell anybody anything. It's obvious. I'm, I mean, it's, you know, there's only so many times that you can use my kid's got a sniffle or, uh, or a pageant at school. I can't I, find it. Sorry. I, think he was, I think he was trying to hint that for a long time based on his um, refusal <laughs> to do any show prep. And, and we didn't get the hint, so he's just had to step it up a little bit. It's like a bad marriage. He's been hinting for a long time that he's not been happy. Yeah, I think that this, this is easing easy out of yeah. the podcast business. You know, he's a star in this realm. And he wants to go out on top. To see him go. Yeah. yeah. So it's, 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 should we make this like a memorial to, to Keith's show? I mean, we could do that. Ode to, ode, ode to the Wolf. Share our best. Although he, Share hasn't, our best he hasn't told us it's not, it's not me, it's you. Doesn't he have to do that? Well, I mean, that's at the when we start to question, finally question him as to why he's not showing up. Then he's left with he's no choice but okay. to say it's not me, it's you. Or okay. It's, uh, it's yeah. So we'll be there pretty quick. You're saying? Yeah, yeah we're getting we're getting there. Yeah. All right. I think we're ready. I cannot. He's find start music. saying. I mean, he'll start saying he wants to see other podcasts, and I bet he's going yeah, to Twit. So. I bet he's going over to the Twit network. Probably, yeah. They probably headhunted him, actually. But I want, but but we have we have responsibilities to our loyal listeners and viewers. So let's do that to that with them. Yeah. It's time to start the show on them. Hear them? Yeah, that's right. Hey, I think I found the music. I mean, oh yeah, play okay, it. I'm gonna try to play it. Let's see. Send, send me a link. I'll play it off my phone. From the deepest, darkest, most rarely used corner of the interwebs, it's the Pint of No Return show. It's a podcast about beer, guys, and the things that beer and guys do when they're just beer and guys. This is season four, episode 14. 
And, uh, you know, we're closing in on the, the end of our, our fourth season of this new incarnation of the Pine and No Return Show. And we could not be happier to have you, many, many listeners, uh, a part of it. So without further ado, here are my fellow co-hosts, the California boys, Jeremy and Gary. Hi, guys. Hey, that was a pretty good tagline. That was. Yeah. Which, which tagline? Oh, uh, the beer and guys doing beer and guy things. Beer and guys with guys and beer. Yeah. So tonight, uh, as the our sh- our show's theme indicates, and we want to thank the Poxy Boggards and especially Stu Venable for the use of Logger Than Life. Uh, you can find them at poxyboggards.com or on iTunes. Is it Bring Me Logger? And uh, we're last last uh, week we did a BYOB of saison. This week we're doing a BYOB of lager. And uh, Keith it's is no uh, sleep lager. Yeah, Keith is apparently not with us again. Uh, we we surmise that he's he's going through the breakup stages with us, and it's only a matter of time. I blame the I blame Jeremy's mustache. That could be. It, things are usually my fault, so. That's that's all right. Yeah, you're not keeping you're not keeping yourself up like you used to. <laughs> no, I've gotten lazy. Yeah. So uh, tonight we're going to be talking about um, uh, speakeasy beer, some some beer news. We're going to talk about some old movies that we love, and uh, give our half pint picks of the week, of course. But first, guys, we do have. Uh, it's becoming almost a weekly segment. We have feedback. <laughs> Weird. Uh, I'm going to take these in reverse order because we were just talking about it. Aaron, our, our number one fan, Aaron, uh, would like Jeremy to know that he's digging his 1960s porn stash. I, I think it's a 70s porn stash myself. Yeah. Thank you. More Thank 70s. you Aaron. Yeah. But um, I, I think the chicks, the chicks love it. And considering that the San Francisco area is one of the porn capitals of the world, I think it's only a matter of time before Jeremy starts going out looking for work. If he hasn't already. On to bigger and better things. No. Either that, or either that, or you're going to be doing commercials for that. Um, oh, what's that? What call it? Company that the spokesman, the little cartoon guy, looks like Matthew Broderick with a mustache. Yeah, like oh, I forget. I could probably yeah, sell yeah, these cars. One. Might work. I don't think you know what. I, in 2017, I don't know that that's going to work for you. I don't know. You could definitely could get a. You could definitely could corner the market on mustache wax. Hmm. Just saying, yeah. And let me open up the chat so that I don't get yelled at. Although I never really, I don't really read it. Don't really much look anyway. at it anyway. I'm so busy. You know what? Maybe I should just put my camera. If I put my camera over towards where the chat window is, maybe that would help. Uh, okay. So uh, the second piece of feedback from Aaron is: if you like RPG podcasts, and I do, I highly recommend Critical Hit over on the Major Spoilers Network. Uh, I have listened to Critical Hit, and it it is a good podcast. Um, and if you really enjoy RPGs, uh, role-playing games, D&D, and those kinds of things, uh, definitely give that one a try. It's a good one. All right, gentlemen, are you ready for some beer? I am ready for some beer. I'm do this. So ready all right. We're all loggers this week, which I, first of all, want to thank the gentleman for it, because I know that to them this is kind of this is kind of wading into the gutter of beers for them. Um, so I do appreciate them being willing to you know come down to my level, as it were. You know, a, a good lager is really a, a good thing, but it's for my taste, it's difficult to find a lager that I really enjoy. They, there was one that um, Gordon Biersch made that was a um, Imperial Pilsner mm-hmm. that I enjoyed quite a bit when it was available. It's just not it's not a style I usually try because I'm usually disappointed, but got to try it. Yeah, right? so. It's so weird that you say that because I feel the exact same way about IPAs. And and so <laughs> now we're 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 exploring the wonderful world of loggers. Uh, and I and I don't you know what though, Jeremy, I don't look down on you for not necessarily being a fan of loggers. Well, not uh, for that reason. There's others. As a, as opposed to the way that these guys look down on me for not really liking IPAs as a rule. I don't really look down on you. We're just. Oh, you do. Oh, we you just do. Think, we just we just think less of you. Oh, okay. Well, as long as that's yeah. <laughs> it's All right, not so, looking down. 
<laughs> All right. All right, jerk bomb. So what beer did you bring to the podcast this week for PYO Lager? What do you got? Uh, we have the Deschutes-specific Wonderland Lager that, uh, from our friends at Deschutes Brewing and Bend. It's a 5.5% alcohol beverage. And you know, lagers are are good. I know we we don't we we kind of bash them a lot because of the adjunct lagers that are brewed by the evil corporations. But um, when you have a good lager, and especially in the summer on a nice warm day, they are quite refreshing. It's just that, like Jeremy said, there's there's not that many good lagers because they tend to be um, taken over by the you know Bud Miller Coors kind of stuff. Hmm. All right, uh, Jeremy. What is your beer of choice? I have the same beer, thanks to Gary making a stop on his way home and dropping it off. Wow! Now we did. You guys live about what? The twenty minutes apart? Yeah, twenty minutes, twenty thirty minutes. That's nice. Twenty minute, twenty minute, twenty minutes on a good day. Ah, yeah, but that's nice. Which was right. about forty today. So they see these two guys will be joined enjoying the Deschutes, and I am going to stick with local beer, uh, Texas, that is. I'm going to be drinking the Alamo Amber Lager out of San Antonio, Texas, which is pretty cool. You can see the top of the label looks like the top of the Alamo. Pretty neat. And uh, it is also 5.5% alcohol by volume. Vienna-style lager. So it's malt hops and made with malt hops and courage. Hmm. Mm, All right. Courage. Liquid courage, as it were. All right. Pour my, oh, this is like golden, golden in color. Yeah, this is like fizzy yellow beer color. Yeah, this, like, the color of this beer is disconcerting. I mean, this is listed as an amber lager, so that is very, I mean, that is prototypical amber color. It, it is perfect right. lager head. Here we go, Prost. Be wild lager. Huh. Well, it doesn't taste like it looks. Uh, yeah, the first time I had it straight out of the bottle, so I had no idea what it really looked like. And I mean, it's it is really close to the transparency of water. And if you if you look at the show notes when they post, you'll see how light and yellow this beer is. It it's really <laughs> now when you we held out the beer a second ago, it looked cloudy, or was that just condensation? That's just condensation. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's not cloudy at all. It's, okay. it's it's very clear. So, uh, your initial thoughts? Pleasantly surprised. Let's see. You can see if I put just a little light behind this. Mm-hmm. How? Yeah, it's like a, there you go. Look how. Ecto cooler. Yeah, it looks like Gatorade almost. It's so uh-huh. clear. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised. It it does not taste like it looks. So I'm. So far, so good. All right. Uh, Gary? Uh, yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> it, it, the looks are deceiving on this one. It's, it is, um, it, it's a tasty beer. It's, it, I mean, it's Pacific Wonderland Lager is their name. They, I think they only brew this in the summer or maybe in the spring is when they brew it for summer. But um, yeah, it's a nice, light, crisp lager. So I, I'm enjoying it. Hmm. Uh, yeah, the Amber, um, San Antonio, the outside of the Alamo beer, um, is very light and crisp as well, which is kind of surprising, um, since it's billed as an Amber lager. It's a little bit darker in color, so you would expect a little more oomph behind the taste. Now, that's not to say that this isn't good, um, but it would, it tastes very much like a traditional lager rather than an Amber one buttery taste very light wheat finish um not too much on the front and the back it's just you know but but as uh, jeremy was saying before about lagers it is a very quaffable summer type beer for sure yeah that's good all right so we're going to be uh 
tuning back into the beers as we go through the podcast and then giving it a rating at the end. So uh, hopefully we will uh, you'll be able to pick up these beers for yourself and give it a listen or a try while uh, you're listening. So we have some uh, topics for you this evening while we enjoy our beers. And this is the second we call Pint Taken. And uh, we've got two topics for the evening. The first, I think this is a short one. Um, about speakeasy ales. And Jeremy, did you put this up in the notes? I did. Um, so we talked. To, okay, why don't you tell us about it? A couple it. weeks ago, we talked about a, a brewery in San Francisco that was going out of business. It looked like uh, speakeasy ales and lagers. They make some, they make some pretty solid beers. Um, they were around for a long time, uh, really well known in, in San Francisco. You could find their beer everywhere in San Francisco. It looks like they are not going to go out of business after all. They, the brands have been purchased by Hunter's Point Brewery, which is a new company. Um, and it looks like they will continue to produce speakeasy ales and lagers, uh, which is a good news to see. It's nice to see that they will continue to make these beers. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that is good news. So, and they were not they were not inqu- acquired by InBev or Heineken. They were not. We can still drink their beer. Yeah, it's just you're still allowed. You're still allowed. Um, yeah, I we uh, took a trip last weekend, last Friday, to our uh, local uh, craft brewery, um, Southern Star, which we've enjoyed some of their beers on this podcast before, and. Um, we're talking with some of the guys about thing um, and how they're getting their name out there and competing with other local breweries and competing with big, big breweries. And, um, you know, their, their comments to us was, you know, it's a, it's a feast or famine thing for them. And it really has nothing to do, they say with their beers because they're, They've not really changed their formulas for their main set of beers since they started. Um, word of mouth got around, and, and they really credit in large part to opening uh, the tap room in the brewery and having their <clears throat> their Friday night and Saturday night, you know, open open brew house type stuff. That the out that was really what helped them catapult to you know being you know basically opening a two million dollar facility that we're now enjoying because they used to be out of the back of like a a warehouse a steel warehouse you'd go in and see a bunch of trailers and inside they have the two or three big brew tanks and sacks of grain over on one side and empty cans on another side and they'd Mm -hmm. say there's the tanks there's the mill there's the grain uh here's some wooden nickels and a glass enjoy your beer and um Either sitting sitting there on a picnic bench in their in their brewery with the doors open hot in the summertime, or sitting outside sweltering in the heat buying a hot dog. But now, I mean, the the tap room is an. I'll, I'll you know next time I go, I will take some pictures and uh, maybe we'll post them on the website. It's it's really a pretty cool thing. It's a nice thing for Conroe to have. But anyway, I say all that just to to ask you about Speakeasy and you know maybe what some of the issues were that they were they were going with that they looked like they were going out of business and how they would then merge with another company. Do you know how it basically worked for them? I, I never read a really um, looking back at the show notes now to the original article. Um, they, they said we were looking for options to secure additional capital. We couldn't come to terms to make that happen. It left us with no choice but to cease operations. So they expanded recently, well, a few years back. In 2015, they expanded uh, from 15,000 barrel capacity to 90,000 barrel capacity. So that was a huge, sure, huge upgrade, which maybe was a little ambitious. Um, did you Have you read anything specific, Gary, about what, what actually happened with them? Uh, yeah, I thought it was... They kind of got into financial trouble because of the expansion. Um, they secured a bunch of financing for that, and I don't think that they were quite getting the growth in the brand and sales to keep up with the costs of that expansion. So they tried to grow too big too fast. 
Yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah, that could have been. I mean, this this area is an incredibly competitive beer market. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of beers around. Um, right. And you know, you got, you know, Lagunitas is a pretty heavy hitter in the area. So you know, in addition to all the other craft brewers, you got one of the largest craft beer brands uh, probably in the world in your backyard. So. Speakeasies right. and feet. I think they just got themselves into a tough financial spot, and um, you know, they were trying to get money to pull themselves out, and weren't able to do that. And had to cease operations because they basically couldn't afford to keep the doors open. That, mm. that's, I see that. That's uh, I see that they have a, a tap room, and they're going to reopen that as soon as possible. And that the eight employees who were there when the company was sold are still going to work there, which is that's great. Um, that was one of the things that, as I remember my conversation back with um, the Southern Star folks, is that the tap room that they opened, which is awesome, it's very much like a traditional beer beer house, German beer house type thing. Um, and they said the tap room is not at all a money making prospect for them, at all. It, huh. but even though they have lots of people there, and they're probably making, I'm assuming, some money because they're selling, you know, you can get. Uh, a beer for three bucks with a glass and uh, every three dollars you get a beer so I mean you're making money sure but they said it's really about selling beer that's that's really good yeah for a for a tall one yeah Um, but it's for them it's all about it's all about sewing the goodwill you know yeah it's more it's more of a publicity thing than a oh yeah I mean and the other thing too about Southern Star, if you recall, um, Southern Star's beer is not pasteurized, oh. so that alcohol hits your bloodstream like a freight train. So two, three beers in, and you're feeling no pain. Um, so I mean, they're they're really um, getting their word out there and and trying to to be very customer friendly, and and I, I assume that that's probably what what Speakeasy is all about, and and um, yeah, and Hunter's Point you acquired them, so that's good. Yeah, it'd be good to see them keep going. It's good to keep the embers, you know, to keep the embers going until Heineken or InBev shows up and gives them their big payoff. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to happen to all the craft brewers. Yep. All right, well, keep keep us informed about how that's going. That's great. All right, next up, our next topic is uh, movies. Cosmopolitan magazine. So right there, you know, it's a, a magazine that's right up our alley. Uh, Cosmopolitan published a list, a clickbait list, really, basically, of 50 quote-unquote old movies that every young person, and I would put in parentheses, most likely chicks, uh, needs to watch. <laughs> and basically, basically, these films cover about a 15-year period from the early 80s to mid-90s, which is yeah. right in our right in the, the three of us, our, our formative years. Um, so they put a whole big list together. I immediately look at this list and called BS on it because there are some, I mean, mega huge hits that were, I mean, complete emblematic of the 80s and early 90s that are, are totally missing from this list. And then I looked up into the source and said, oh, so, I mean, you're talking about no Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, no Stallone movies, no Indiana Jones. I mean, just the big, huge, massive blockbusters of that period are missing. Now, well, there are big I, movies on there for sure. I, I, think, I think part of the, the rationale was is that they're assuming people have seen those movies. You think so? I, I, think, I, think, that's, I think that's the case, is that... Um, because a lot of these movies are movies possible. that, oh, well, I mean, some of the, a lot of these movies are are movies that, that my kids haven't seen, and I have a yeah. almost twenty two year old and an eighteen year old. So maybe they're and big I, movies that haven't necessarily translated into a large audience in twenty seventeen. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the case. I think that I think that the big blockbusters, even Titanic. I mean, my kids have seen Titanic. I've never seen it. So yeah. you know, I think those kinds of movies they're. These are same movies that you should see that you probably haven't seen. Is right. the way I I take this. For, for I, I mean, people. I guess. I mean, that's the only re- the only thing I can think of that would excuse you know not having comedies like 
uh, Caddyshack or you know Ghostbusters for crying out loud or or action movies like Indiana Jones and Star Wars and and you know those kinds, those are completely missing. So I'm maybe that that's I guess the most reasonable explanation I can think of. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're assuming that all those movies have been seen. Even Ghostbusters, you would assume that a lot of young people have seen it because of the remake. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So uh, in chronological order, they start uh, in, I think it's 1982, and move forward all the way to 1995. So about 13 years that it covers. Um, so I don't know how we want to approach this list. If we each picked... They asked you guys asked us to pick five. Yeah, we don't want to go through all fifty of this list. Let's I, let's just uh, mention our top start five. with the ones that we had in common because that's a that's a very small list. Okay, uh, let me do a little sort here. No, oh, it was sort of sorted. I unsorted it. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, re- go ahead and resort. Well, they just sorted by Gary and they sorted by Rob or sorted by yeah. So let's see. So the films that at least some of us had in common. All right. So we've got The Goonies was picked by Jeremy and Gary. And yeah, that's a great 80s kids, teenager movie. If you want to know what it was like to be a teenager or a preteen in the 80s, The Goonies is a great one for that. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy and Gary picked Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and that made my short list. I had to trim it to five, so that was the last one that fell off my list. That is to me. That's like one of my favorite movies, and, and oh, it's and my kids have seen it multiple times. So I feel like I've accomplished something. Yeah, and see now that's where that's where maybe your formula. I don't know if it holds up because pretty much everybody has seen Ferris Bueller. That's just that's still really popular. I know some people that age range that have not. Okay, um, Rob or me and Gary picked uh, were together on Sixteen Candles. Yeah, another hilarious. Again, I classic. Again, I think if you want to know what it was like to be a teenager in the '80s, um, that is a movie you should watch because it has you know pretty much a point of view from every perspective: the the freshman, the geek, the jock, the pretty kids, and all the the nerds. Everybody is represented in this movie. It's like Um, a lot of really great like one-liner type. Yeah. Oh yeah. We still quote Long Duck Dong to this day. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's... Uh, Gary and I also were together on Back to the Future. Yeah, um, that was that was one of the ones that made my short list. I couldn't, I couldn't keep it. Yeah. Didn't didn't make the top five, but it was on there. And then that is where that's where all of us kind of departed. Um, we all started picking our own films. We do not have any other matches and nowhere did the four of us or even three of us match up, which is kind of interesting. It's 50 movies and we didn't match and three on any of them. So let's just go down the list. So Gary's is next on the list. He had the uh, breakfast club. Yeah. The breakfast club. And a quick blurb on why you put that one on there. Um, again, like another like classic teen movies, uh, 16 Candles is like the humor of the teen and Breakfast yeah. Club is more of the, you know, kind of a emotional drama. Not, I mean, that's not probably not the best way, but kind of like w- how people were actually thinking on an emotional right. and, um, social level as opposed to just trying to be funny about it. So, so let me round that out with Jeremy's next pick, which was Pretty in Pink. And you have right in this top you know, six or seven movies we've been talking about four John Hughes movies. So I thought Ferris Bueller, cool. 16 Candles, Breakfast mm-hmm. Club, and Pretty in Pink. And um, Gary and I had Pretty in Pink in common too, which... You do? Yeah. No, I, I did no, not. It's no, not, it's not on his list. Is it not? Did I copy no. it wrong? Oh, yeah, Breakfast Club. Okay. I copied it wrong. So... Oh yeah, it's sixteen candles instead of pretty and pink. Yeah, and that one also to me, sixteen candles, Breakfast Club, and Pretty in Pink are kind of the same movies told from a. It's almost the same story and told in different ways. They're to me, they're equivalently good movies. I picked Pretty in Pink out of those three because of the soundtrack. I love the soundtrack to Pretty in Pink. You know, it's interesting you say that. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because you 
could almost take those three films. And I actually confess, and we're going to do, uh, I think, five films when we finish this list that that we haven't seen off of this list. We'll be surprising. Um, I've seen most of Pretty in Pink. I haven't seen the whole thing. But you could almost take Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, and Pretty in Pink and have them not only be the same story, but the same characters just mm-hmm. moving from film to film. Yeah. Yeah, well, certainly at least one actor is the same in all I mean, Molly Ringwald plays almost the same character in each film. Yeah. Almost. Uh, okay. Jeremy oh, has the next oh, film, 1988, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Now, this would be on one of my lists of movies I have never seen. Really? I've well, never Cos- seen Cosmo it. says you need to see it. As in, I guess, as I an guess so. Yes. I don't think I've seen it in its entirety. I really, really enjoyed this movie. I saw it so many times in the theater when it came out. Um, Groundbreaking. And still still quote lines from it um, that nobody understands. Right. <laughs> um, but it, I would say it's, it's definitely worth seeing. Maybe. I, I'm not sure how well it's aged. I need to watch it again. Man, it's funny. It is so funny. Uh, yeah, and uh, you also have the next film in our list, when uh, the way we have it sorted anyway, and you have Heathers, which is another one I haven't seen. Uh, love this movie, too. I, I could watch this over and over and over. Really dark humor, kind of the uh, flip side to the um, John Hughes kind of bubbly, yeah. bubblegum teen movie. This is the uh, dark, unhappy teen movie. Right, just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those that was a, a good one. I, I think for the audience of Cosmo, uh, you know, primarily, like as Rob said, chicks. Um, that yeah, it's a good one from that perspective for for younger. Yeah. So that's I, Jeremy's. Those are the Jeremy's five are done. Gary's five are done. Um, and then three for me. I had. I was surprised that neither one of you picked ET. Um, one of the worst movies ever made. You are insane in the head. So I, I didn't see that until a couple of years ago, and oh my god! Well, see, as, that's part of the problem. Yeah, as as watching it as an adult now, without any of the, I was a kid and I saw this. It's not a very good movie. You cannot look at this film through the eyes of a nearly fifty-year-old man for the first time and get a real appreciation for it. I, I'm just shocked. I'm shocked. Um, it, it, here's it, what I'll say. It did not, it did not hold up to the, uh... here's what I'll say about E.T. E.T. is the first film that I remember. And I was what? 11 years old when it came out. E.T. was the first film that appealed to everybody, parents, kids, grandparents, I mean, it was just a huge, colossal hit, and there was something in it for everyone. And um, just, again, if you want to know what it was like to be a young kid growing up in the 80s, E.T. is, a young boy especially, E.T. is, is, you can't get any better. I mean, it's basically, like, you know, you drive around town and you see a a lost dog flyer on a telephone pole. It's like a, you know nearly a two hour version of a lost dog flyer trying to get, you know, lost dog trying to get home. But yeah. I, I have a better appreciation of it than Jeremy does. Um, I, I do think it's a good movie, but um, if, I mean, if you're going to go with, an, you know, throw a movie in here about extraterrestrials, I would say alien is a much better choice. I would agree with which, that. Which is a much better choice. Alien. alien. Well, apparently not on this list. Well, uh, and I love, I love too. alien to me. To me, Aliens, the second one, is a better film or a more exciting film. Uh, but I love them both. Uh, but neither one on this list. Uh, my fourth pick was uh, filled action films of the mid-'80s, Top Gun. God, another movie I really need to watch one day. No. Ah, see, there's one of Jeremy's. Yeah. Okay, you watch- You didn't like Top Gun, Gary? Top, we, uh, Top Gun at the time was entertaining, but we tried to watch it a I don't know. I, maybe it was over Christmas. It was on Netflix or one of the services, and we're like, we should watch yeah. that. And we started it on our with our kids, and you know, because they're teenagers now, they can watch pretty much anything. And um, Gilly and I kind of turned to each other, like, yeah, we don't, we need to watch this. And the girls were like, oh, thank God. 
and they were so <laughs> glad that we turned it off. It, it just it wow. just did not hold up. Hmm. So you're you're approaching this list then from the perspective of movies that are really good that still hold up. Well, if you're going to tell people they should go see a movie, then yes, it should hold up, hold up. And Top Gun, it was, it was a good movie for the time, but if you weren't in that time, it's not a good movie. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And my final, my final pick is probably one of my top three uh, favorite movies of all time. And that is the Shawshank Redemption. Wow. Shawshank Redemption is just a, it's an unbelievable film. And if you haven't seen it, you're, you're definitely missing out. Tim Robbins, Morgan Freeman, um, based on a short story by Stephen King. Um, if you want to put it this way, it's Stephen King's best movie. I'll say that. So um, yeah. Shawshank is just amazing. It, it, that is a that is an amazing movie. It, uh, I agree with you on that on, on all points. Although Misery is maybe the best Stephen King movie. Um, mm, no, Misery was not, my number seven on my list. Misery is uh, a great great film. Um, I can't believe it. The, the one the the movie based on the body. Um, Stand by me. Uh, that that's, Stand by me is also a good one, and not on this list, which. For a Cosmo list, you'd think Stand By Me would be on here at least. Yeah, but I think a lot of people have seen it. So. Maybe. And, okay. it, and, and it still holds up. Stand By Me. It holds up, as Shawshank does, because you know the, the period films, I think, hold up a little bit more rather than films that were shot in the time period that they're from. Shawshank wasn't an, a film about the 80s, right? No. No, it was the 30s and 40s and 50s. Was it that? Okay. Yeah. You never seen Shawshank? I have seen it. I, okay. I remember I enjoyed it. I don't. Oh, remember. that's right. I forgot you don't remember films. <laughs> so uh, we. Uh, I, I was much. about to call Keith out on the carpet as I'm reading sure. his list, and then I realized that since he's not here this evening, I realized what happened. The boys picked his films for him. You, you should go through his picks. <laughs> so Keith's number one film, uh, Flashdance, which. I think if you're going to recommend movies for young children to watch or young persons to watch, you want to do it about a female uh, welder who moonlights as a stripper or a, yeah. a, as an exotic dancer. I don't think you can do much better than Flashdance. Uh, girls just want to have fun. Another classic. Wow, way to go, Keith. Uh, who can understand uh, Jewish guilt and comedy better than uh, Cher and Nicolas Cage in Moonstruck? Probably uh, Nicolas Cage's finest moment. Keith's number three. Now, number five, number four, I'll actually give him uh, because that's a pretty funny movie, even though it is a, is a romance film. Uh, Harry Met Sally is a damn funny film. Uh, I don't know that, it, that young people need to watch it. Um, but maybe for the orgasm scene. <laughs> <laughs> See, only thing anybody ever remembers about that movie. Uh, I remember two things about that movie. I mean, I do remember the film, but the two big things I remember is the orgasm scene and the soundtrack. Harry so, Connick. That wasn't Put Harry Connick Jr. on the map. And Keith's last film, of course, and I know this is his favorite film. He puts this, he puts the, uh, the pot, uh, making scene uh, the clay making scene pottery pottery scene on a loop and you know his favorite uh, of the uh, of that time period was ghost I, I imagine that Keith in his basement on the other side of the computer that we can't see when he podcasts is a yeah. potter potter's wheel yeah. Sure. yeah now do you do you imagine him playing the Demi Moore part or the Patrick Swayze part uh, back and forth yeah so he yeah, takes turns the same time. yeah he <laughs> takes turns both both making the dude, Demi Moore and making the clay yeah. and Patrick Swayze behind himself molding Demi Moore's hands. Yeah. yeah. Keith, Keith is a talented guy. Don't, and then don't, I think, don't you know, him I, short. I think he'd probably too uh, enjoy as a Turner or two as Edda Mae Brown, the Whoopi Goldberg character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see him doing that. Like it's a psychic, uh, a psychic with an attitude. And one of the and one of the biggest travesties in the world. Sorry, 
Whoopi Goldberg, you were very, very good and very, very funny in Ghost, but you did not deserve an Oscar for that film. Sorry. Just saying. Uh, you know, there's been a few Oscars that weren't deserved. Yeah. This, you deserved you it. Know, you deserved it more for, for Color Purple. There were some movies on this list that kind of surprised me. Yeah. Um, uh, like uh, Misery, for one, although I think it's a great movie. Why does that surprise you? Uh, for this list, it surprised me. Um, and Three Men and a Baby. That's pretty funny. I don't know that it does that. That movie doesn't hold up. If you're talking, if they're making this list of movies that hold up, Three Men and a Baby aren't it. Because first of all, think about this in 2017. Yeah, it just men makes living no sense. together, raising a strange baby. Uh, that's it's just today. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense at all. It's just stupid. Um, I, was uh, I was surprised to see Showgirls on there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so of of these li- of these movies, are there any big ones that pop out that you've never seen that would like surprise us or drive us over the edge? I think there's a few that I haven't seen. I- I've never there's... seen Newsies. Uh, I have not seen Newsies either. Yeah, there's quite a few I haven't seen on here. I just recently saw The Sandlot, and uh-huh. I think I, I, with The Sandlot, because I'm a huge baseball fan, played baseball all growing up when I was a kid and I know how much people just rave over the Sandlot. I watched it maybe four or five months ago and I'm like, you know, eh, I don't see what the attraction is. I don't see why it's so funny. I think it's one that you had to watch at the time to get a lot of it, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thelma and Louise. I've never seen Thelma and Louise. Uh, That's a good movie. We just recently watched that and um, it's still a good movie. So it, it captivated my 15 year old daughter the whole time. I mean, she yeah. watched the whole thing. And um, never I've never it. seen Nightmare on Elm Street, but I'm not a horror movie fan. You've never seen Nightmare? Mm-mm. I'm not a horror movie guy. I just not at all. Not even not even when you were younger. Nope. Mm. Uh, let's I've, see. I've, I haven't seen quite a few of these. Um, surprise. <laughs> yeah, I can see you ticking them off. And it's, oh yeah, oh that's what you're doing. Yeah, I'm looking at the ones I have. So Dead Poet Society, none of us picked. I almost picked that one. That's that was, a really good movie. I that, think <sighs> I don't Poets. know how it holds up, but that when I was a kid, that was a that was an influential Ooh, movie. Dead so Poet Society is a good film. I don't want to disparage it, and it's probably one of Robin Williams' best roles. Um, but I just think for me, it's so blown out of proportion by everyone that it's almost achieved an overrated status in my mind. I, I don't know. I, I, it's one of those films that the first half is awesome, and the second half just kind of leaves me flat. But, yeah, Jeremy, there's a lot of these I haven't seen either. Um, one that we did go back and watch, uh, at least part of recently, was Basic Instinct, um, partly because there were oh, scenes yeah. of that movie that were filmed in Petaluma, and we kind of wanted to how are you? How are you recommending Basic Instinct and Fatal Attraction to young persons? Uh, you want to um, recommend Basic Instinct because you want to say, hey, kids, look how women used to trim themselves this, back in the day. This is Cosmo. They're not that young. Look who's talking. Yeah. That Overboard. was not, or, a stupid idea. Look Overboard uh, is, a, is a very, very funny movie, classic movie, but it holds a special place in my heart because it was, it was uh, the movie I took. I went on my first date oh. to go Overboard see Overboard. Is, is an entertaining movie. Yeah. Fatal Attraction, great film. Dirty Dancing, overrated. Yeah, way overrated. I'm kind of surprised Keith didn't pick that. Dirty Dancing was funny, and he almost did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, uh, Dirty Dancing was really funny when they did it on the Goldbergs. <laughs> yes. And much better, actually. I found it much better. Much, much, much better done by the Goldbergs. And Listen, okay, so we've talked about this show before. If you want, I mean, if you want to watch a TV show that's about growing up in the 80s, oh, my God, the Goldbergs is such an awesome show. I love it, that it, show. It's so funny. It is so and good. has been renewed. I'm very excited. Although they're running out of it was 1980-something because the kid's getting older now. Yeah, I know. Um, and he's, it's going to have to be 1990-something in a minute. Yeah, the brother's like 30, so they got yeah. to age him past. Um, let's see. Pretty Woman, again, that's the an overrated one of the worst movies ever made. That is so overrated, it's unbelievable. I mean, that is that is the movie that you do not want young girls watching. 
Right. You can be a hooker. Hooker makes good. And your prince will come and save your life. Yeah. The guy I, who hires a hooker to turn her into something special. Sleepless in Seattle, overrated. Yeah. How is You've Got Mail not on this list? If they're if they're putting all those chicky flicks on, how is You've Got Mail not on here? I've never seen it. I can't say. Uh, My Girl. Oh, that's a, that's a, the Crier movie. Make you cry. Uh, Mystic Pizza. Julie Roberts' first film. Never saw it. Yeah. Adventures in Babysitting. Now I love, that's love, love. My '80s crush is Elizabeth Shue. I think she is hot as anything, but I never saw that movie. That is actually that is actually a really good movie. I mean, is it? Yeah. For, I mean, for a movie of that period, it's it's good. Elizabeth Shue, I think, is one of the hottest hottest chicks out of the eighties. Hmm. Anyway, uh, but I digress. All right, so go ahead and check out the show notes. Uh, Jeremy will put that up. You can go and make some comments and uh, see what you agree and disagree and what movies they left out. Um, you know, they left out, like I said, all the Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Indiana Jones. There's no Bruce Willis movies on this film or, or on this list. Die Hard should be on this list. Probably one of the classic action films of 1980s, especially the late that, That's one of the worst good movies ever. The worst good movies ever? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? It's, be, it's a, it's not, it's, it's an awful movie, but it's so funny. <gasps> it's Jer- not. Come on, it's it's all about things blowing up. No, that's a great film. It's, it's incredibly fun to watch. But do you realize? Okay, do you realize oh, that that Die Hard <laughs> until Die Hard came out, every action film was the hero took no bullets, no damage, never got hurt, never had a scratch. And this was the first film that had that featured the hero basically getting the shit kicked out of him mm-hmm. for for two hours, and it basically defined action movies for the next twenty five years. It is hilarious and fun to watch. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disputing that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying it's a wonderful movie, but it is definitely fun to watch. Whew, okay. Hans Gruber, come on. Better off, uh, better off dead. That's not on this list. That's mm-hmm. a great film. Yeah. Although it's not, we watched it a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you could not watch that today because it's a movie all about making fun of a guy wanting to commit suicide and how many ways he would do it. So <laughs> you could not make that. That's one I guarantee you that will not be remade. All right. I'm gonna all move right. On, Rob. So we'll move on. Uh, time for our half pint segments of the week. These are our picks that we think you should try. TV shows, movies, apps, games, whatever strikes our fancy. Uh, Jeremy wants to talk about an iPhone or iOS game. Go ahead. My pick is Framed, um, which I I don't remember when it came out, but Apple recently awarded it um, the design during WWDC. It won a a design award, and it's uh, free at the moment. Did it win a design award? I think it did. Anyway, check it out. It's called Framed. It's a puzzle game based on the idea of a comic book. And you have to rearrange the frames of the comic book so that the hero, or the criminal in this case, can escape the cops. And depending on how you put the frames, changes the story. Oh, that's Actually, it's pretty fun. It, it, it's really beautiful. Really nicely, nicely cool. done. Downloading as we speak. Awesome. All right, Gary wants to talk about some cables. Uh, I, I just want to say that um, I, I want to pick the second Monument Valley because that just came out. But I haven't. Oh, played. yeah. I'm, I'm saving it for the plane ride. So when I come back, that'll be my pick. So no one can take it. I um, just played through um, Monument Valley recently, Gary, after watching uh, House of Cards, in which it was talked about on that show. Yeah. So I went and got it, and it's it is a very cool, beautiful game. It is awesome. So yeah, um, I, I get that try too. I, I think either Jeremy or I picked that when it came out originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that was a great game. So uh, my pick is actually Anchor, which is spelled A N K E R. They make some, uh, they make cables uh, and like other, like charging products and power supplies and things like that. But um, they're really good. And their their quality is really good. They're like 
um, better than you get from the original manufacturer, like lightning cables for iPhones and stuff like that. They're, they're really good. I got uh, the one that I ordered that was a mistake last week, um, you know, because I was opening my Amazon packages. Um, it came in this nice little case. It's actually like a little opening wallet, and it's all um, tied up there really nicely. Um, wow. And the quality of the cable is just outstanding. And I'm going to have to find a use for it because they would, the return fee on it was just too much with the shipping, so I decided to keep it. But um, I, did get a, I did get the Lightning cable I ordered, and um, it's really good. I've, I've, I've not had good luck with the Amazon cables. Amazons are good price. They're Amazon Basics ones, but they just don't hold up. Um, they tend to... Um, Spray at the ends and start to lose their connection. So I started buying Anchor as my uh, replacements for those cables, and um, so far have been impressed with them. So cool. Uh, Keith's picks for the week. Um, we made those for him too. Uh, he is going to be, uh, if I read my Roman numerals correctly, which LL is not correct, but I'm going to read it anyway. Hearthstone 127, the Hearthening. Um, <laughs> Is is his pick for the weekend? Yeah, my dogs love it. So, and uh, Keith, I, I, you know what? I wanna, I wanna applaud you for for going off the map and and picking something new. That's that's really that's really bold of you, and uh, and I'm glad you did it. So, thanks for thanks for that. Okay, um, my picks for the week, I have two. One is an old, uh, older video game uh, that's uh, getting its sequel released this summer, but you definitely should give the original a try, and that's Shadow Over Mordor. Uh, it's for all the consoles and for PC, and it's basically a... Um, it's a uh, Batman Arkham City type of game, kind of the action um, uh, combat game with the story involved, um, but set in uh, Middle-earth. And you're a um, a ranger who was uh, made a blood sacrifice and couldn't die, and he's f- he's fused with another cursed soul, an elf who has a really amazing backstory, and uh, together they're trying to subvert things that are going on in Mordor. But it's a very open world type game um, with awesome action and fight scenes, and it's just really really cool. Um, and the second one's coming out this summer, so. Uh, try Shadow over Mordor. You can probably get it pretty cheap now. And then the next, the other one I wanted to recommend is the Element, the board game. It's an abstract game um, in which you play uh, a sage or a wizard trying to trap another wizard on a board. It's a gridded board, and you're using these four different colored uh, tiles, which represent the four different elements, earth, uh, wind, fire, and water. And they can all do different things, and you're trying to trap. So it's kind of like a little bit of a chess feel to it but there's enough action and different things moving around the board that it's it's very much a chase and a be chased type game it's really simple played it this past week games take about 30 minutes uh, and you can play with up to four players so it's really pretty cool and it's very cheap 25 bucks on amazon so um it's brand new and it's really cool so give element a try All right, so, uh, oh, we need to do our final impressions of our Bring Our Own Loggers. Gentlemen, what say you of Deschutes? I kind of wish I had another. That was a good beer. Um, It's light, crisp, flavorful, uh, more bitterness than I expected out of it, and really a great summer beer. Um, Eight out of ten for me. Oh, very good. Uh... Gary. I will not disagree with Jeremy on that. My uh, untapped rating of this was a four, so that's an eight. I'm going to stick with that. Uh, yeah, it's it's got a really nice, uh, like I said earlier, clean, crisp taste. Um, definitely more of those kind of uh, lagery, pilsnery kind of flavors in it with the, the yeast and the malts. And um, it's a nice change of pace for someone who drinks a lot of IPAs to um, find uh, pick up a lager and have one that's actually tastes good and doesn't you know have smells or flavors of like horse urine or something like that that you normally get with yep. the adjunct lager. So um, it, it's if if you have a friend who likes the cheap American beers and you want to get them into craft beer, give them this beer. This is this this will convert them over because they will find everything they like the lightness, the freshness, all that stuff of the 
beers, lower alcohol, so you can drink them, you know, a lot more of them. And this will convert them into a craft beer lover. All right. Uh, and for me, for the Alamo Beer Company's Amber Lager, uh, it's it's really quite good. I'm enjoying it. It's not my favorite lager I've ever had in the world, um, but it's it's serviceable. It's very good, and I will give this beer a seven. Serviceable. It's solid. Very solid. All right, gentlemen, any final thoughts for season four, episode 14? I I really hope that uh, Keith ends the long breakup soon and either recommits or stops. Yeah, stop stringing us along, buddy. Yeah, we miss you, Keith. Miss you, buddy. And and by the way, we're taking you for everything you got. (laughs) There was no prenup. Oh, yeah, there was no prenup. Uh, all right, so that's going to that's gonna end it for Season 4, Episode 14 of the Pine and No Return Show. We always put on a little music at the end, so in honor of Keith's favorite film, I'm going to leave you with this. Oh, my love, my darling, I hunger for your touch. Today. Still more. Bye, Keith. Go enjoy yourself some Demi more and Squeezy. Oh, I have to stop this. Yeah, stop the, stop the show.